TSCRA Talk, a podcast by Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. I'm your host, Kristen Brown. Joining me today to discuss the growing issues around chronic wasting disease is Carter Smith, the Executive Director of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. And then wrapping up the episode is James Oliver, Chair of the TSCRA Natural Resources and Wildlife Committee. Carter, welcome to TSCRA Talk. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks, Christian. Delighted to be with you. Now, we've started to hear a lot about chronic wasting disease, also referred to as CWD, lately. Can you tell us what this disease is, um, how it spreads, and what animals it affects? Sure. Well, it's serious, and you know, it's certainly one that landowners across our state need to be aware of. It's a brain disease. It's a neurological disease. It's always fatal. It's part of a family of diseases that ranchers know is the TSE-related diseases or the transmissible spongiform encephalopathy-related diseases, so the BSE in cattle and scrapie in sheep. And, and so chronic wasting disease is a member of that family, and it's obviously something you do not want in your deer herds because it's a, it's a death sentence, unfortunately, for any deer that contract in the time from you know, exposure to an incubation and ultimately contracting the disease, you know, may take as long as two to three years, depending upon the age and genetics and other factors of the animal. But it's a it's a serious concern across Texas and roughly two dozen other states and a number of provinces in, in Canada and in, in other parts of the world. And just given the importance of deer and deer hunting and wildlife-based economies, it's something that we want to make sure that ranchers and landowners and hunters have on their, have on their radar screens. That's great information. Now, it seems like there's been more information about it lately. Has there been an uptick in cases? Yeah, there has. We first discovered chronic wasting disease in free-range mule deer near the New Mexico border back in 2012, and we had gotten word from our partners there at New Mexico Fish and Game that some mule deer close to the Texas border had tested positive with chronic wasting disease, and so we began a kind of a concerted testing effort up there in 2012 and, and found, again, our first positive animals, unfortunately, in the free-range population in the Waco Mountains just east of El Paso. But what's happened recently has been a source of, of considerable concern, and that is that since March of this year, we have found chronic wasting disease in seven deer breeding facilities across the, the state. And you know, we certainly have the ability to try to deal with the disease in a, in a confined setting like a deer breeding facility. But what is of, of great concern to the department, the Animal Health Commission, landowners, hunters, wildlife enthusiasts, wildlife managers, ranchers, et cetera, around the state with a number of exposed deer from those facilities that were transferred to other deer breeding facilities or high fence release sites, pastures on, on ranches around the state, you know, roughly 300 or so different places received potentially exposed deer from these seven facilities. And so that, again, creates a real epidemiological challenge to try to run that down and, and figure out if any of these sites that received exposed deer were indeed infected and, and particularly concerned, obviously, about those release sites. Because once you release a deer out of a deer breeding facility into a 
pasture environment, even if it's a high fence pasture environment, there's no guarantee that the deer will necessarily stay there. And, you know, that deer may or may not be harvested. And it's probably very unlikely that we would get a test on a, on a harvested deer or one of these. So that's been a real source of consternation for Parks and Wildlife and the Animal Health Commission as we have been working recently with our private landowner and rancher and deer breeder partners to try to help contain the disease. Um, but that's the source of a lot of recent consternation about, about chronic wasting disease in the state. Well, that makes sense. And it sounds like you all have been on top of it, tracking where it could have potentially spread, but then also knowing that it could be more widespread already than that. Yeah. And that's, that's the concern is, you know, our, our best strategies for dealing with a disease like this. And it's, it's really kind of true of any animal disease, whether we're talking about livestock or wildlife is early detection and containment. We want to find the disease at low prevalence rates, find it early, throw a rope around it and contain it and keep it from being spread from one place to another. You know, there's no cure at this juncture for chronic wasting disease. We don't really have any way to eliminate it from the wild or a, a free range related population. So again, the best thing we can do is, is make sure that we're doing all we can to arrest the spread of it. And the biggest concerns that the veterinarians and wildlife biologists and other experts um, have about chronic wasting disease is, you know, through the, you know, movement of potentially infected live animals from one place to to another. So we have been working diligently with our partners at Animal Health Commission and putting in place new testing requirements in deer breeding facilities to help assure a better probability of detection and trying to, again, ensure that the disease is not getting unwittingly spread from one facility to another or for a, a deer to be released out into a, a, a wild, free-range environment in which it could infect native and natural populations. We've also really amplified our efforts to test the free-range deer population across the, the state, again, at that whole notion of trying to find it if it's there in a very, very early, low prevalence rate, because then we have a lot more tools to, to deal with it to help, again, arrest the, arrest the spread. So it's certainly front and center for us, and obviously with, with hunting season here upon us, it's certainly top of mind. Definitely. Now, this this may seem like a super basic question, but I still would like to hear your thoughts on it. What are the potential consequences if CWD became widespread in Texas, and how does that impact ranchers? Well, it's a great question. And of course, you know, deer are the goose that laid the golden egg when it comes to wildlife in, in Texas. Or our most popular game animal, you know, roughly 800,000 of our million plus hunters, you know, hunt on ranches all across the, the state, largely for white-tailed deer, but also mule deer. So deer are our most, you know, popular game animal and, and both white-tailed deer and mule deer can contract chronic wasting disease, as can elk and, and red deer and, and psyca deer. Those are all susceptible species. But it's a huge concern to, to, to private landowners because as, as really any rancher in the state knows, so much of the value of rural land these days is inextricably linked to the wildlife that's, that's there. And of course, deer are the species of the greatest interest to most landowners in terms of, of what they be ma may be managing for on their properties. And so there's, you know, huge value tied up in the value of that, that ranch land, the, the value of hunting 
hunting lease income. You know, the ranchers want to know that their wildlife is is healthy on their on their property, just like their livestock. They want their hunters to know that the deer are healthy. The hunters want to know that the deer are are healthy. And so, you know, having chronic wasting disease in a wild deer population on private lands is a is a very very serious source of concern and one with significant, you know, policy and and economic and and social and cultural related consequences. And um, again, just given that the value of our rural lands in Texas are so directly tied to the health of the wildlife on that property and the value to the ranchers and landowners and land stewards, it's really important that we do everything we can to try to keep this disease from spreading. And and, and thankfully, it's, it's fairly localized right now. And I certainly don't want to diminish the importance of the work that we're doing on it because it's critical. It's essential. We want to keep it chronic wasting disease as contained as we can and in small local areas. We don't want it to be widespread. And so that's why it's so important that we, you know, work under the mantra of a pound of prevention is worth a pound to cure related philosophy. Yes, it makes sense. Now, we have a lot of listeners who are likely landowners and hunters. What symptoms do they need to watch for? And then any special instructions or new requirements that they need to know about? Yeah, you bet. And I, you know, one thing, Kristen, is just, just critical. And we're so grateful to the Texas Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association for their engagement on this issue, the support that they give our wildlife biologists, um, who are working on this. Candidly, we couldn't do it without the ranchers across the state. But, you know, what we want to ask of, of our landowners and ranchers and hunters across the state is, you know, first, if you see an obviously sick animal, you know, let your local wildlife biologist or game warden know about it so they can advise you of what action to take. Um, we always advise hunters not to consume any meat from animals that they know are sick. And while, you know, we certainly don't have any evidence or documentation that chronic wasting disease can jump species boundaries from somebody who may inadvertently eat a sick deer. Uh, we never recommend that a hunter eat an animal that they know to be sick or infected with a disease. But if a hunter sees an, an animal that's listless, that's emaciated, that is unsteady, that looks like it has a, a thousand yard stare, malnourished, you know, those may be symptoms of a deer that has has chronic wasting disease. It can also be symptoms of uh, some other type of disease. But but the animals that contract chronic wasting disease, again, they're, it's always fatal. There's no cure that we know of, at least right now. And the disease does exactly what the name suggests. It just eats away at the animal and causes them to literally waste away. A couple of things for ranchers and, and hunters to keep in mind this hunting season for those landowners and hunters that are hunting in specific containment or surveillance. And these are areas that we have identified because we have found chronic wasting disease in a free range population. Any deer harvested in that area has to be tested. And so uh, the deer really needs to be taken to one of our mandatory check stations that are set up 
and we publish that in a variety of forums. People can go to the Parks and Wildlife website or look at your outdoor annual for specific information of that. But just also in the interest of our broader surveillance around the, the state, we're asking for landowners and ranchers and hunters to work with us on voluntarily submitting samples from harvested deer so that we can, again, test for the potential disease in in places all across our state. And so our our biologists are actively working with with landowners to help collect those samples when they're called. Sometimes ranchers have got walk-in coolers where they'll keep deer and our biologists can can come out and collect samples or there may be a check station that's that's nearby or somebody may know a, a vet or somebody else that's gone through the sample collection training that the Texas Animal Health Commission puts on. But we we really welcome that cooperation from our rancher and ranching partners around the state, again, all in the interest of helping us with the early detection and containment, which is just so critical to the health of our wildlife and our rural lands and our outdoor economies and our outdoor heritage. And I want to I want to thank all the um, ranchers and hunters and landowners and land stewards who've worked with the Department of Animal Health Commission on this on this issue. That collaboration and voluntary cooperation is so, so important to us. And, and we couldn't do our work without all of you. Well, Carter, I appreciate you joining me today to talk about this important issue, to bring awareness to it and help help educate all of us to be more aware. So thank you so much for your time today and for all of your insight. Thank you, Kristen. I enjoyed it immensely. Joining us now is James Oliver. James, as the chair of the TSCRA Natural Resources and Wildlife Committee, why is it important for cattlemen and landowners to be aware of what's going on with CWD in the state of Texas? Well, I think first thing is the potential impact it can have on our operations, the financial impacts, hunting, wildlife management, and all the things that encompasses is over a $2 billion industry in the state of Texas. And for many cattle producers, that's a significant part of their annual income. And so we cattle producers and, and landowners are on the front lines in their respective businesses. They can see these things in their wildlife herds. And the financial impact could be extremely detrimental to many operations. Well, and that that makes sense. That's great information. Where does TSDRA stand on the topic of CWD? You know, we've the organization, the association has long supported equal and or similar treatments, health practices, and standards for combating wildlife diseases that we do in the cattle industry. Producers in Texas face about 15 different regulated cattle diseases, and the regulations for those include movement restrictions, quarantine, hold orders, testing requirements, identification, many of the things that some of the different associations have been asking for in these at-risk wildlife populations. It could seem overly burdensome, but as cattle producers, we've been doing it <laughs> throughout the history of our, our industry. So really where the, the association stands is similar treatment of wildlife diseases as we have in the cattle industry. That makes sense. Yeah, biosecurity is not a new thing for cattlemen and landowners, just uh, focusing more on the wildlife with this perspective. How has TSCRA been involved in the process of mitigating CWD in the state? We have the the association has a seat at the table 
of a, it's a joint task force, Texas Parks and Wildlife Department and Texas Animal Health Commission. That's the chronic waste and disease task force. And so we have a seat at the table to represent our association's voices in protecting our free ranging wildlife. We have testified before Texas Parks and Wildlife Department commission meeting, the Texas Animal Health Commission commission meeting. We also had some of our industry leaders, cattle industry leaders, testified at a joint hearing of the House Agricultural and Livestock Committee and the House Cultural Recreation and Tourism Committee. We have submitted written comments on the newest set of proposed rules dealing with the containment of chronic wasting disease. We have been engaged with legislatures and the legislative process, and we will continue to do all these things so that our association's members' voices will be heard on this issue. That's helpful to know and some great information. What advice, what insight would you offer directly to cattlemen, landowners, hunters on this issue in this state? You know, to date, we do have some at-risk wildlife populations, but also to date, we haven't seen the disease running rampant in our free-ranging herd. And so I would just, my advice would be to just be vigilant, watch what's going on around you, keep up with these issues. I would also advise to keep working to maintain this this collaborative effort between Animal Health Commission, uh, Parks and Wildlife, cattle raisers, and those that are in the industry with these at-risk populations. That's, that's going to be incredibly important in, for us to be able to contain this and to keep it from having a dramatic impact on our free-ranging populations. Wonderful. Well, James, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing your insight and how Cattle Raisers is on top of this issue and working to mitigate it as much as possible. Kristen, thank you for having me. To stay up to date with the latest on chronic wasting disease in your area, visit tpwd.texas.gov. And to learn more about TSCRA, visit tscra.org.